It wasn't the start anyone expected, but Notre Dame is 1-0. Now, is anyone feeling better about the Irish right now than they were a week ago at this time? We dive into the positives and definitely the negatives surrounding the 2020 Irish. And today, a familiar name is back at Notre Dame Stadium. Charlie Weiss returns. No, not the former Notre Dame football coach, his son. Now the offensive coordinator at the age of 27 at South Florida. You know, it'll be weird hearing that fight song and, and not being on that sideline. You feel like you might be a little confused at certain moments? Yeah, I, th I think the first time I hear it, I will be. Probably <laughs> be uh, humming along, but uh, <laughs> when the ball gets kicked off, we'll, we'll be good to go. Charlie Weiss Jr. is our guest on Focus on Faith in a must-listen-to interview. It's another unusual 2020 game day in South Bend, but we're here to get your game day started in the right way. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you. Notre Dame plays host to South Florida today at 2.30 p.m. The game will be broadcast on the USA Network because NBC has coverage of the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. The Irish defeating Duke in their ACC opener 27, still weird to say that too, in the ACC opener. 27-13 was the final on tap on this morning's show. Our Focus on Faith segment is with Charlie Weiss Jr., the son of the former Notre Dame football coach, is now the offensive coordinator at USF. Charlie Jr. got his start as a student coach his freshman year of high school under Kevin at St. Joe. So a great conversation between Kevin, Charlie, and me coming up later on in the show. I know that was a lot of fun to record that with him. Uh, it was strange hearing his voice sounding like a man uh, because we had not talked to him in such a long time. Yeah, it was great to catch up with him. And again, man, he's uh, he's had a really great experience only, what, nine years now, and he's one of the youngest offensive coordinators, worked for Saban and Belichick, and uh, wow, it's exciting. Yeah, when he was hired at FAU at 24, the the youngest offensive coordinator. So mm -hmm. that, so he's uh, definitely got it done fast there. Last time USF came to South Bend was the double lightning delay game, six-hour game that Sk Skip Holtz led USF to an upset win over the Irish. I'll give a fun story of the behind-the-scenes on that one. Joe Wilkins made a big impact last week after not catching a single pass last two years. His message about his journey in it is a great one coming up next segment. And in just a few minutes, Kevin and I are going to go through our top three positives and negatives we are seeing surrounding the program after last week's opener. But let's start with, uh, with an injury update from Brian Kelly from Thursday. Kyle Hamilton remains day-to-day -day with an ankle injury. Uh, if he's actually only day-to-day -day and he's capable of playing today, they got away with one a little bit because that looked a lot worse in that game, and they can't afford to lose a guy like Kyle Hamilton. No, he's a difference maker. He's, uh, I think, the most talented player, but... Whew, that was scary as a fan, for sure, because it did look serious. Now, who knows if he plays today. They may decide to hold him out against USF and or play him very limited so that he can get back up to 100%. They'll play Wake Forest next week. Then they'll have the bye. So there's some opportunities here, perhaps, if they can get ahead on USF early, not have that slow start. Uh, wide receiver Ben Skoranek is out with a hamstring injury. K.J. Wallace will be in the safety mix. He had a preseason growing injury. And Brian Kelly says Braden Lindsay had a good day this week, a good day on Wednesday as he battles back from a hand injury. 
Lindsey is set to start at wide receiver after not playing last week. Uh, Kelly says Kevin Austin, this is a big picture one, had his six-week scan. He's making good progress. We'll get another scan in two weeks that could determine if Austin can begin practicing. He's expected to begin Notre Dame's uh, to be Notre Dame's top wide receiver this year, but broke his ankle in, in camp. So um, we'll see how quickly they can get him back as well. That would be a big difference. But Lindsey being back will be huge for the Irish. I don't, again, I don't know how much he'll play this week. Yeah. I, I, we know he's kind of he, he's injury prone, right? He, he, he He's delicate. He's not a huge guy. <laughs> so you want to work him back and not rush him too much. Well, and if he's healthy, he's so fast. So he brings yeah. a whole nother element to the offense. All right, so where do the Irish stand after the slow start? They needed a fake punt to wake the team up last week, for crying out loud. Here's what Liam Eichenberg and Brian Kelly had to say about the way the Irish started last week's game. You know, we definitely started off slow as an offense in the first couple drives in first quarter. Um, but, you know, as, as the game went on, you know, we started to run the ball a lot better. You know, we started to attack our targets a lot more. Um, you know, one of the tough things is, you know, you practice something in, on, in practice and scout team and then shows up in a game. It's completely different. So, I mean, it's just one of those things you have to adjust to personnel and the players you're playing against. It, 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 it's tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's tough. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, we, we need to start quicker. We need to attack more. And uh, we just need to focus on improving and going back to the basics. And we need to get off to a better start, you know, in the game. Our practices have been really good, very purposeful. Guys have been locked in, um, you know, flipping from a, a, a practice mindset to a competition mindset is, is a big difference. And so I'd, I'd like to get sharper there. Um, our practices have been pretty good. Um, I've been pleased uh, with, with their focus, um, how locked in they've been, but we, we, we have to, you know, we have to get off to a better start. You know, our, you know, we talk about four quarters of football for us is get off to a good start, um, have an attention to detail, which our attention to detail wasn't great at times, uh, especially defensively. We gave up some uncharacteristically big plays, which was about attention to detail. But the second half, which is effort and enthusiasm, was outstanding. And then we finished strong. Um, th those are four quarters of football for Notre Dame. And that's always been our standard. We, we've got to clean up those first two quarters. So um, practice has been good. The focus has been good. When we flip to a competitive mindset, uh, we've got to be better in those first two quarters. All right, that's Liam Meikenberg and then Brian Kelly. Uh, Kevin, you're a longtime coach. Uh, going from practice to game, it's obviously not easy. It's not the same thing. But it's a problem if you can't adjust a good practice to a good performance on the field, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I I don't know. I mean, it's such a strange year, too. So, again, maybe it's chemistry, not having the right people out there, uh, just knocking the rest off. But it was definitely um, – uh, with high expectations, it was it was not a great first half. Let's say that. Yeah, let's and then let's go to obviously the start was the big negative, right? Mm -hmm. We could harp on that. We have for the first nine minutes, um, <clears throat> and then but let's talk about some of the other negatives and positives. We'll go with negative number one, uh, and you signaled out the play of Ian Book. Yeah, I think again starting with high expectations. He's a good quarterback. He has experience. Uh, should be a great year for him, and I think he gives Notre Dame a chance to be in the national championship picture. But all that, 
is way down the road because that first half he just basic things missed some underneath touch passes you know was throwing really hard kind of off the mark and then you know I don't know play calling or personnel there's literally no down the field throws so maybe with some different wide receivers um, or different matchups they can get into that I just thought that you know, he would do better, and he did in the second half, but still, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, you expect a third-year starting quarterback to, to be the guy on right the field. Away. And I, I think the wide receivers didn't help him. Again, no Kevin Austin, no Brian Lindsay last mm-hmm. week. Ben Skoranek then supposed to be the go-to guy. He, gets, he gets hurt. So you have your top three wide receivers out. That doesn't not help the cause. But again, you're a third-year starting quarterback in Notre Dame. We expect you to... Take it up. Here's uh, what Ian Book and Brian Kelly had to say about Ian Book's play out of the gate. I planned on going in there and, and, and feeling great from the get-go. Um, obviously, I, I felt like I had a little bit of a slow start, um, but the team carried you know carried me for a little bit, and I felt like I got back to where I wanted to be. You know, more than anything else, probably just a little too amped up um, and just needed to settle him down a little bit this week, um, a bit more patience in the pocket. Um, maybe a little too anxious to make some plays. Um, I think he's had a really good week. I know he's had a good week and recognizing that. And I expect him to, uh, you know, again, from my perspective, watching him this week um, fully understands how some of those smaller plays turn into big ones. And and, uh, he's got to make those for us. And I think he will. You know, they always present Ian Book as an even keel guy, but then you hear stuff like, well, he was probably too amped, amped up. up. And then, you know, we know he had some emotional roller coasters last year, you know, when he was struggling. You were his biggest defender last year, but you're like, <laughs> well, the wide receivers are still figuring things out. At some point, I guess it's there's only so much maybe he, there is probably a ceiling with him, and, and maybe the guys around him make that ceiling, but. Uh, again, you, you just really expect more out of a guy who's in his third year starting, and, and I, I would hope he can get things together here and, and start showing that and being that dominant force that Notre Dame needs him to be if Notre Dame wants to be a true contender for the ACC championship and then for a playoff spot this year. Yeah, and we've seen him over his career make all kinds of throws. He's you know changed the game through runs. I mean, he's he can be a great player. Uh, again, it was just a slow start, and that's what made it kind of a head-scratcher. All right, Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey here with you on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, running down our negatives and positives surrounding the Irish program as they get set for USF today in the second game of the season. Notre Dame 1-0 coming off the win over Duke last week. Positive number one, the run game. And there's no question about this one. Uh, Kyron Williams was was fantastic last week, Kevin. 112 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He also had 93 yards receiving. Well, and I think the, the big picture, um, you know, from last year to this year, the whole the whole running back crew, um, they're just all around. They're so much better. So, yes, uh, Kyrene is really good, number 23. But then also, you know, the recruits or the recruiting people talked a lot about it. 25, Chris Tyree, he's fast too. You know, it, it's it's uh, more a more complete lineup, and I think that they're going to be able to – help the whole offense overall. Yeah, and Jafar Armstrong coming in at number three guy in versus being the the main guy last year. It shows a difference there. We'll see if we see more of him. Sebo Flemister might get more time. He was was battling. He he might be battling. He was battling an injury. Um, And I go with this. My positive coming out of the run game 
is actually offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. And people are like, what are you talking about? He called a terrible game to start the game. Here's my point. He didn't panic. Yeah. He he stuck with the, the, the play calls in the run game, which people were screaming for years under Brian Kelly. Ah, he doesn't run the ball enough. He doesn't run the ball enough. Well, here's Tommy Reese saying, we will run the ball. It didn't work for the first three drives. <laughs> they needed a fake punt to get everyone's mojo going. But finally, he got it going, and the run game started clicking then, and Notre Dame was able to go. So I think that's a positive that a young offense yeah. coordinator did not panic and start saying, okay, we got to throw the ball. And would have that patience. And again, they did much better in the second half, so maybe they warmed down a little too. All right, negative number two, O-line play, especially in the first half. Yeah, again, with high expectations, that offensive line is supposed to be one of the strengths coming in. You know, a lot of unknowns, but we do know that they have good offensive line recruits and good um, offensive line play, and all these guys are back from last year. So, yeah, uh, no real push initially. So it's good that they were patient and stayed with it. You know, they switched their style a little bit. Uh, not a little bit. They switched their style, what they're doing offensively, their scheme on the offensive line. Mm. But that's no excuse. Like you said, they have everybody back. And I know Duke has a good defensive line. Their edge rushers are good, and we saw that. Rump was good. But again, you have five returning starters at Notre Dame. Right. Offensive line, tight end, this is what Notre Dame is is known for. These guys got to be better out of the gate. And uh, you heard Liam Meikenberg say, you know, yeah, we, we had a slow start. So I... I we got to see more from them as well in this game. Yeah, and and not just uh, at the end when you wear them down. They they got to yeah. come out of the gate way better. All right, positive number two. Uh, we went uh, different angles here. Uh, you're going with uh, the linebackers. Yeah, I, again, last year I thought that the whole linebacker level there were uh, issues at times where you know when there would be big plays or there would be breakdowns. It seemed to me that it was at that linebacker level and. Man, they are really strong across the board. So, obviously, at Rover, uh, number six, JOK, he's really good. But then, overall, the depth, too. Um, you know, the the two middle linebackers, they both played really well. The whole – I guess, it, to me, I saw a vast improvement overall with anybody that they did put in there at that level. Didn't want to try to say Jeremiah Ousa come <laughs> with the JOK. I didn't. <laughs> uh, I agree with you, and I went with Kyle Hamilton as just – is just yeah. really, really good. Now, again, the negative is hopefully that ankle is okay and everything like that, but the positive is we are seeing a special player on the field. The high expectations we had for Kyle Hamilton. He lives up to. He's living up to. <laughs> so that's the big positive. That guy is a difference maker on the field, along with Jeremiah Wusso Kromo, probably both first-round picks um, once they go to the NFL. Yep. Um, so definitely there. All right, negative number three. You're going to say the defensive line. I was interested uh, with this one. Yeah, again, they uh, have done such a good job of playing lots of guys, so you have people with experience. And we lost some big-name guys uh, from last year, especially the the edge rushers. But, man, overall, I, I guess matched up against Duke, I had more, higher expectations okay. for them to get after them a little bit. And they did in the end. You know, it was a better second half. But to kind of dissect what happened with that slow start – I don't know. It was a head-scratcher for me. Okay, and then I said the depth on the defensive line is a strength, though. Uh, they played 11 game, eleven different guys on the defensive line. Which is amazing. Right out of the gate. 
Now, and that might have been one of the reasons they wore Duke down, right? Because they're fresh. Yeah. So that's a positive. And maybe... maybe that leads in consistencies, too. Like, there's yeah. a lot of different people, so, different lineups. So maybe that's part of the reason. But still, you want to be strong across the board out of the gate. So yeah. I, I see what you're saying. All right. Positive number three. What do you got? Well, again, they won the game. <laughs> Big picture, right? <laughs> and, and they had a much better second half. Uh, a lot of those uh, things slow to the start they they corrected as they went along and that's kind of been watching them the past couple seasons um they get better throughout the course of a game for the most part uh, and then also throughout the course of a season so I expect them to be even better this week I'll go with uh Michael Mayer uh the uh, freshman tight end the numbers aren't like through the roof drunk. three three catches for 38 yards but Ooh. Oh, he catches your eye. He's he catch- pretty exciting. He, he looked he looked good, didn't he? Oh my gosh, as a freshman, yeah. No, he he may be the uh, offensive equivalent of a Kyle Hamilton, a, a true difference maker. Yeah, absolutely. He looked uh, he looked fantastic out there, and uh, I think they're going to look to get him the ball. And of course, Tommy Tremble at tight end. The, the tight ends as a whole, very strong. Uh, you know, just very strong. Brock Wright, a great blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's definitely a major positive. All right, big thank you to Tyrac for all their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michiana. The students receive practical college-level internship experience helping out with our broadcasts of high school football. We wouldn't be here without them. The underwriting support from the folks at Tire Rack. More tires, great prices. Visit TireRack.com. All right, coming up, USF Offensive Coordinator Charlie Weiss Jr. is our Focus on Faith interview. How his dad getting fired as Notre Dame football coach led Charlie Jr. to finding his wife. And are the Irish more likely to finish 11-0 in the regular season or 9-2? We discuss next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services to save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Great night of high school football last night in both Michigan and Northeast Indiana. Be sure to tune in next Friday night on 95.7 FM. Our Tire Rack Game of the Week is Marion on the road at Penn. We'll also have a video stream of the broadcast at Facebook.com slash 95.7 Sports. Marion now 5-0. Penn losing a heartbreaker to Elkhart. The Kingsmen going for two in the final four seconds, but not able to, to get it. And they fall over in Fort Wayne. Lures and Northrop will air on... 106.3 FM, while Dwenger and Concordia will stream on RedeemerRadio.com. Tailgate talk airing in both Michiana and Fort Wayne next Friday at 6 p.m. All right, welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you here as we get you going for Notre Dame and South Florida. 2.30 kickoff this afternoon at Notre Dame Stadium. It will air on the USA Network, so if you are a cable cutter, figure it out. Because you got you got a few hours to get going here. Um, Kevin, our poll question last week was what record you thought the Irish would finish the regular season with? 48% went 
went the easy route like I did, saying 10-1, and one, you know, win every game and then lose to Clemson. Yep. And then 11-0 and 0 got 20%, 9-2 got 20%. So I was interested what people thought was more likely to happen, 11-0 or 9-2. Now, maybe if we asked the question before the Duke game, we would have gotten a lot different response than after they saw Notre Dame play Duke. Um, 68% say the Irish will finish 9-2. and two. At, at least it's more likely that they would finish 9-2, and two, over 32% saying 11-0. I get it why that's the case. I wonder if that no, number would have been a little closer, however, if, if we did the question before the Duke game. Well, and I think you'd get a different answer if you did it at halftime or after the game as well. <laughs> oh, if we did it at halftime, it might have been 83%, yeah. uh, say, 9-2. and two. People have been doing the write-in vote of, I'm saying 6-6. Six and six. What are you talking about? This is horrible. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, last week, uh, Joe Wilkins Jr. had four catches for Notre Dame. That's the first four of his career. He is th- in his third year in the program, got his chance last week when Ben Skoranek was injured. Wilkins' story is a remarkable one. Joe Wilkins Sr. was murdered at the age of 21, seven months before Joe Wilkins Jr. was even born. So Jr. never even met his dad. He made it to Notre Dame. He had to wait his turn, and last week came his opportunity. He talked about what it meant to him to perform on the field. I knew it was coming. You know, patience is a virtue. My mom always told me that. You know, I knew it was coming. I just had to be patient. The journey's definitely been a roller coaster with, with injuries and just waiting, seeing seeing my class shine, Lawrence shine, Braden shine. Everybody gets all the love, fame, glory, and this, that, this, that. But, you know, I just, I, I love it. I, I love being the underdog. I've always been the underdog. Like I said, I'm not the biggest, not the strongest, not the fastest. But I, I always handle what I need to handle. I always get the job done. And I feel like like it just makes you stronger, you know? Like you have things, Not obviously nobody had nothing handed to them, but they work forward. But when you feel like you can be out there, you feel like you, you can make the same plays, you feel like you can do, you can contribute, you can play, and you're not, whether it be for this reason or that reason, um, it's humbling. It, it's it, it, it's hard, but my life has been hard. My whole life has been hard. So it's nothing new to me. I'm 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 used to used to being an underdog. I'm used to having to grind through it. I'm used to having to work twice as hard just to get the same thing as the next man. So no problems. And the great thing about that is, obviously, we're on the radio, so you could not see. Joe Wilkins talk. He had a big smile the entire time we were interviewing him. So great to see all he's overcome in his life. Yeah, and all that perseverance. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about the show. Obviously, you get to know more of the players behind the scenes and their stories. And Joe Wilkins uh, getting that opportunity because Ben Skoranek was out last week. Now, Braden Lindsay back this week. So we'll see what Wilkins' role ends up being uh, here today as the Irish get set to face South Florida. Just the second all-time meeting between Notre Dame and South Florida. The first one was not so pleasant for the Irish. It came on September 3rd, 2011. USF coming to Notre Dame Stadium, upsetting the Irish 23-20. It was a six-hour game because there was three hours of delays, two hours at a halftime, 45 minutes in the fourth quarter. Tommy Reese replaced Dane Christ at quarterback at halftime of the first game of the season, in part because it was a long halftime, and they had a they had two hours to decide to flip the quarterback, <laughs> and, and they did so. Um, the crazy part, some of the behind-the-scenes on this one was, you know, I'm working at WNDU at the time. Obviously, WNDU 
airing the games uh, locally, but NBC then went to a replay of the Notre Dame-Utah game during um, that halftime, long halftime. And we're like, well, wait a minute. We don't want to be airing Notre Dame in Utah. So we had um, fiber set up in like eight different sections of the old stadium uh, before they did the renovations. And we are like, someone goes, you know, we got fiber on the concourse. And we're like, oh, okay. So we ran over. We hooked up the fiber in the concourse. And I'm live from the concourse interviewing people because they had everybody inside the there's severe weather going yeah. on so everyone's in the so i'm interviewing fans there um i remember interviewing people in the concessions talking about how they're almost they might run out of bottled water and stuff like that um so that was that part was interesting but the the real craziness for me happened that the game was going late into the night mm-hmm. and nbc had a movie set to play and they decided to move the game to cable to the nbc sports network and we're like, whoa, we can't have that game not airing on WNDU anymore. <laughs> now, it's weird because today it won't air on WNDU, but there's a difference. It's the U.S. Open. It's not random movie number four, right? So I had to go to the production truck at NBC and was like, hey, uh, do you guys mind if we simulcast this on WNDU? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, and, you know, they know we worked with them. They knew who we are. Yeah. And uh, they're like, hold on. They call they call the mothership. No idea who they called, but they call the network, and they're like, "Yeah, WNDU wants to just still air the game on on just locally. Is that all right?" They're like, "As long as they run the commercials." And they're like, "All right, very good." So so we had to pull the broadcast off the NBC Sports Network feed to air it on WNDU. It was just kind of a zoo behind the scenes from our part, but uh, to just keep the air game on the air, and then just so funny. That it turns out now that the game's going to be on the USA Network. It's like if Notre Dame and USF are playing. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and hopefully for Notre Dame, it's not as bizarre as it was uh, that time around. So uh, do you have any uh, memories from that game? Oh, true to form. My son Joey started to like South Florida that that day. Oh, wow. <laughs> After another upset. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole family's a Notre Dame uh, fan, but... You know, when it comes to my son Joey, if somebody gets after him, he'll change. He still loves Clemson. <laughs> and Skip Holtz was the coach for USF, son of, of course, mm-hmm. former Notre Dame football coach Lou Holtz. Now Charlie Weiss Jr., the offensive coordinator for USF, the son of a former Notre Dame football coach. So very interesting dynamic there. And speaking of Charlie Jr., Kevin and I sat down with him for a great conversation. Charlie Jr.'s coaching career started as a student coach, as a freshman in high school at St. Joe, the head coach of that team was Kevin. We look back at those early days and what it will be like to be back at Notre Dame Stadium today. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com and this is our version of a two-minute drill. Except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! <laughs> doing great, Charlie. How are you? Oh, doing great. It's, it's good to hear from both of you. Man, you sound like a man yeah, now. Definitely. I'm so confused. 
<laughs> I know it's been it's been quite a while, hasn't it, huh? That's how we started our conversation on the phone with Charlie Weiss Jr. I was like, you know what? We might as well air this. It was just so funny because neither of you, neither Kevin or I, had talked to Charlie Jr. So quite long. So, I don't know the last time you had. Do you remember the last time you had spoken to him? Gosh, no. I mean, it's been a really long yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, obviously, we've both been following him. We uh-huh. and and everything like that. And but we haven't talked to him, so it was funny, and uh, we we laughed. I, as soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, just it just seems so odd. So it was, it was very funny. Uh, Charlie Weiss Jr., of course, the son of former Notre Dame football coach Charlie Weiss Jr., now the offensive coordinator at South Florida at the age of 27, was the youngest offensive coordinator in college football when he was hired by Lane Kiffin at the age of 24 at FAU. He's learned under his dad, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, now Jeff Scott, but it started under my co-host, Kevin Downey. Charlie Jr. was a student coach as a freshman in high school at St. Joe when Kevin was the head coach in 2007. And, Kevin, you, you saw some bright things from him right out of the gate, didn't you? Yeah, he he was uh, – I guess he had a good football mind. You know, he, <laughs> he everybody uh, had a role. He was kind of like my high school equivalent of a graduate assistant. He was really good at breaking film down and looking into any little tendencies that we would uh, be interested in. And Kevin and I had a great conversation with Charlie about that, about what it will be like to be at Notre Dame for the first time since his dad was fired in 2009 and how his dad's firing led to a great blessing for Charlie Jr. from God. Here's Focus on Faith with Charlie Weiss Jr. Charlie Weiss Jr., how are you doing? How's everything in the coaching world? It's been fun to watch you from far away. I appreciate that. It's been it's been great, you know, so I've been very fortunate to be around so many great coaches and great people uh, at such a young age to put me in the position that I'm in right now. I'm just really grateful and, and thankful for that and just uh, really having fun down here at South Florida. I'm with a great coach and, and Jeff Scott and the program that he wants to build. Uh, it's been so much fun to be around our players and, and our coaching staff and just really looking forward to the future with this group. Seems like a great team. And then how excited are you to come back to uh, South Bend and play against Notre Dame? It's going to be an awesome opportunity. I mean, it's 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 a it'll be a great trip. Um, really looking forward to getting there and playing where where I consider home still to this day, um, and seeing seeing some people and 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 all that. But you know, playing a, a great team and a great opponent. So I'm going to have to uh, be able to handle my emotions and, and you know not worry about all that stuff and have to get ready for for a great team in the Irish. You know, Charlie, this game wasn't on the schedule, obviously, uh, and you know they right. put it on just a month ago. When you first heard, "Hey, we're gonna play Notre Dame," <laughs> what was going through your mind? How did how did you find out, and what was going through your mind as you found that information out? So, Coach Scott had mentioned it to me that that there were talks about all that. Um, you know, a couple, maybe a couple weeks before it kind of got announced, and. I think the first thing I was like is, well, we need to get some tape on them because they're really good, and I got to start getting ready for that one. <laughs> um, but definitely, definitely a lot of emotions, and you know, uh, I, I think it'll be really cool. Obviously, tons of great memories uh, from from Notre Dame and South Bend. Um, you know, there are definitely tough times as well uh, towards the end, but but that place definitely holds a special uh, place in my heart. You know, especially with with our charity still there and, and Hannah and friends, and uh, how the South Bend community has been about that. Um, and, you know, it'll be weird hearing that fight song and, and not being on that sideline. Yeah, I would imagine you're going to – you feel like you might be a little confused at certain moments? Yeah, I, th- I think the first time I hear it, I will be. Probably be uh, humming along, but uh, when the ball gets kicked off, we'll, 
we'll be good to go. You know, this is your first year at South Florida. Lane Kiffin made you the youngest offense coordinator in college football. You've already had opportunities to coach under Saban, Kiffin, Belichick, now Jeff Scott, and of course under your dad. But you got your opportunity to really start coaching as a freshman at St. Joe High under Kevin. That's correct. What? Uh, yep. Take us coach back. Downey to... needs to be the first thing mentioned. <laughs> take us back to those <laughs> days and what you learned. It, it was great. I mean, uh, from from a young person, what I thought it it uh, helped me out for when I got to actually you know getting into the to the college coaching world and all that stuff. Um, you know, Coach Downey gave me abilities with scouting reports and watching tape uh, and doing some of those things for the first time. Uh, so it really kind of instilled to me like how to break down film, how to watch film, what we're looking for, um, trying to get tendencies and, and all that stuff. And, you know, still to this day as an offensive coordinator, those are the things that, that I'm still doing. I'm watching tape and trying to find little tips uh, and things for our players uh, that will help make the game easier for them. So really appreciative of Coach Downey and, and letting me do that and uh, being around the program. And obviously he had a ton of success there and going to a state championship in 2007. There's some fun years for sure. Kevin, I remember coming over to a practice one time. We were going to do an interview, I think, for that you know that state championship run. And you're like, "Hey, come over here. I want to show you something." And, and you 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 open up a room, and it's Ch- Charlie Jr. and Tyler Gillian breaking down film. And you said to me, "These two are breaking down film better than half of my coaching staff." How how advanced was Charlie <laughs> ba- back then? Um, even as you know, a ninth grader, and, and you know, and a sophomore and a junior eventually. Oh, he was really good. I mean, well, and again, some of the skills, like, you know, Charlie's uh, intelligent, he's detail-oriented, but then also, I I was really impressed, too, because it was kind of mimicking that college um, graduate assistant role, right? So he was mature for his age. I mean, he was just a a young person, really young, but able to interact with the adults and the uh, kids and I mean, he was just inquisitive, too, so he had a, you could tell he had a passion for coaching and, and interest in uh, things, you know, similar to me. I love breaking down film too. So it was really fun to have somebody else that shared that. Charlie, did you ever know he had said that about you, that you had broken down film better than half the coaching staff as a freshman? (laughs) I did not know that, but, but I certainly appreciate it. (laughs) Well, and hopefully (laughs) some of the uh, other coaches aren't listening to this radio show. (laughs) They may not know it either. (laughs) Uh, That's too funny. It was such a special time. We had some great teams, and like we were yeah. talking before of the interview, just great people, right? There were some real yeah, characters nice. on the team, um, yeah. and we just had a lot of fun with all of our different roles, even though we were all at you know different points in our life. Is there something that you remember, little Charlie, that were some standout moments for you besides just the cool victories and then the really bad coach's yeah. locker room? <laughs> the, I, the coach's locker room and the place where I broke down film definitely stick out. Um, and uh, there were definitely no, no, there was no huddle. There was the DVD tapes and I don't even know, it might've been VHS back then. But um, I, I think it was always cool, you know, going right after, after uh, right after school ended and going right down in there in the film room and, you know, just trying to, to find some ways to, to help you guys out. And then uh, definitely that just that 2007 season uh, was really cool. And especially those playoff games and, um, making it all the way to the state championship and uh, just watching you run the ball. You know, that's obviously what we're still trying to do today, but we obviously did it well back then. Yep. 
South Florida Offensive Coordinator Charlie Weiss Jr. joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you. You know, Charlie, obviously, though, 2007, things started to not necessarily go your dad's way at Notre Dame, and you're in high school during that time. You had to probably go through a lot of really difficult situations being the son of the Notre Dame football coach while in high school. And, you know, how did you handle those because I always remember hearing that you handled things really well during those times what was it about it that allowed you to be able to handle those things so well you know I think my dad definitely did a good job of, of teaching me like hey this it comes with the territory you know it, it, it's it's really good when it's really good and it's bad when it's bad and so when, when there are times where hey you're not winning games and you know things don't go your way with, with football you know it, it can be tough and so he always taught me hey man you know keep your head up you know, don't worry about, you know, anything in, in the games and just focus on your school, focus on your work and having a positive attitude. And, you know, one thing I would say that always helped me is, and, uh, you know, I've been asked about it a little bit, but is Hannah too, you know, having my sister Hannah and all the things that, that she had gone through in life and the adversity that, that she's had. And, uh, you know, she, I feel like having her around always uh, made me grateful uh, for the things that I had in life and for the opportunity uh, to do things like go to school and, and to, you know, potentially become a coach one day um, made me feel very blessed and, and very thankful. So that that always helped me keep a positive attitude. Uh, you know, we had a great, great family life at home, uh, and that certainly helped. Charlie, this is a Catholic radio station. How, how do you think your uh, Catholic faith helped you get through some of those difficult times or just the extremes, right, the really good and the really tough? Yeah, I think, you know, faith is something that's very, very important to me. And honestly, you know, I think, it helped form me who I am today uh, because you go through challenges and you go through times like, you know, Hey, why is this happening? Or why is this going wrong? And and you realize that, you know, life isn't perfect. Life's not always going to go your way, but you know, God's always going to be there for you and he's still going to love you. You know, whether your dad, you know, is the head coach in our name or whether, you know, he gets fired and, and that doesn't matter. And, you know, having that faith and, and belief uh, and knowing that God has the perfect plan for you, uh, and, and he really did. I think those times that I had there and going through some of those tough moments uh, with, with my dad uh, have helped build me to who I am today uh, to make me a better person, uh, to make me be in football for the right reasons, to know that, you know, it's not all about wins and losses. It's about, you know, building young people up and helping them become better men and helping them with their faith, you know, if, if they want that or, you know, just helping them get through college, you know, maybe a kid who comes from a tough background and, and watching him graduate. Those are the things now uh, that, that make me proud to be a coach much more so than, you know, the wins and losses and, you know, seeing some of the relationships that my dad had with his players then helped and, you know, just my faith through it all. Yeah. And then from that, you know, your dad gets fired. He gets a job in Kansas city with the chiefs. You, you go to St. Pius there in Kansas city and lo and behold, you, you find a girl, Jennifer, at St. Pius, and that yeah. turns into your wife. Is that crazy to think about the fact that, obviously, if your dad doesn't get fired, you never meet your future wife? It God always has a plan. He does, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, it's mysterious. We don't know, you know, why, you know, certain things happen uh, the way they do, but there's always a reason for it. Uh, and, and some of the worst things in life can, can turn into some of the best things. And uh, I'm so blessed to have her. She's such a, a great person. Uh, she really does complete me. She is the better half for sure. Uh, I don't know how I got so lucky, but, 
you know, it, it's, it's things like that, that, that go to show, Hey, God's got, got his way of, of working things out. And, you know, whatever happens in life, you really do need to push forward because there's going to be something that comes along uh, that turns things around. And, and that certainly was it for me. With you being able to come home, and I know it's a crazy, busy uh, game day, do you think that you will get a chance to be able to stop and see uh, Hannah, or is it going to be just too packed? Uh, I certainly would like to. I know I need to get it cleared. Uh, I know both Hannah and friends, and, and we have protocols, uh, you yeah. know, with, with everything going on. So um, I'm definitely, you know, want to. Um, you know, I saw her uh, this summer um, briefly, which obviously it's, it kind of stinks because right now you can't, you know, actually physically see her you can just see her through a screen door and talk to her but um, I would certainly like to uh, if I can uh, Friday but uh, if not um, it'll be okay you mentioned before that she's kind of been your inspiration can you touch about a little bit more on that Charlie obviously she's your big sister but you know she's got developmental delays there's only so much she can express right um but how how does she inspire you and maybe how does you know that faith component come in play when when you think about uh, your sister bringing kind of the family together as you know that's that always she's still here in south bend that's what i imagine is a big reason why you consider south bend still to be home because she's here yeah and i think you know, Hannah and Friends is just a place that, that really feels like home for me. I, I think the biggest thing is, like I said earlier, you know, all the things that she's gone through and all the problems that she has, you know, she whenever I see her, she's always got a huge smile on her face and she's always having fun. Uh, and she's, you know, playing with, with her friends and, and all of that at Hannah and Friends. And, you know, I, I just think about, you know, she, she she has every reason to not be happy and she she always is. And so, if she can have that attitude and, and have that, you know, h- how could I not be like that and not be thankful and grateful and blessed um, for the life that I have and, and the ability to do the things uh, that I can do? And I always felt that at Hand and Friends anytime I was there. When you see all the kids uh, who go there, whether it's for the day programs or the residents uh, that live there, it's just it's very inspirational to see, you know, how, how they have that attitude. You know, there's there's a lot of things uh, that, that they could you know, have a bad attitude for it, but they don't. Charlie Weiss Jr., South Florida offensive coordinator, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our Focus on Faith interview as he gets set to face Notre Dame and his return to Notre Dame Stadium. You know, Charlie, what what, what are some of your favorite memories of, of your times at, when your dad was the head coach at Notre Dame? You, obviously, you were still just a young guy uh, during the, that period of time. Yeah. What were some of your favorite memories? I think um, the Michigan game in 2005. I want to say it was my dad's second game. Um, that one, that one really sticks out. That, that was such a cool game, um, and you know, beating Michigan at Michigan. And, you know, they were really rolling uh, back then. It was a good, tight game, but um, that, that was a really cool one uh, to see my dad have that success. Um, you know, unfortunately, one that sticks out, you know, maybe more than any is uh, the uh, USC game, the Bush push in 05. Uh, I feel like I remember that one more than any of them. And uh, maybe because I had Coach Kiffin at FAU reminding me about it uh, every now and then. Um, but that certainly sticks out. Uh, I remember going to the, the Heisman ceremony when Brady Quinn was up for it. Um, so that was a really cool moment and, and cool thing to see. That one certainly sticks out. And, um, you know, even towards the end, um, you know, right before my dad was let go, um, you know, I, I feel like it was uh, – Kyle McCarthy and Eric Olson, and he was kind of locking arms with them, you know, walking onto the field. And 
you know, seeing that, that they were supporting him, you know, in time, that was certainly tough, uh, was really cool. And, you know, a big inspiration as well for me, uh, getting into coaching to know, um, that the relationships with those players is, is so important. Well, Charlie, would you want to, uh, one day coach again at Notre Dame if given the opportunity? Uh, I don't think you could ever rule anything out for sure. So, um, <laughs> you know, the one thing that I would say is, is I'm so, so thankful and, and happy at South Florida right now. And to be under yeah. a head coach, uh, Coach Scott, um, who, who's a great person, uh, a great leader, uh, and really, you know, taking you know, what you guys saw at Clemson and, and trying to bring that down here to South Florida. You know, I'm just very happy where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I don't really look too much uh, towards the future. Uh, I just try to do my best at, at the place that I'm at. And uh, I could see myself being here for a very long time. You know, it, it's one thing to, to coach against the school that once fired your dad, but is it surreal or strange mm-hmm. to then coach against the coach that replaced your dad? Because that probably doesn't really happen. I don't even know if it has happened before. Yeah, I, I don't know. But um, I have a lot of respect for Coach Kelly uh, and, and what he's done uh, for Notre Dame and getting that program uh, to compete at a national level You know where, the, where they're going up for uh, championships every single season. So I have so much respect for him and, and what he's done. And, you know, Tommy Reese – uh, as a young OC as well, uh, and watching, you know, what they do offensively. And, and he does a tremendous job. And, uh, you know, I know he's got a very bright future. Uh, it's, you know, it definitely, it, it was surreal probably just when I first, you know, uh, heard about the game or, or something like that, or when it first got finalized, but I just got a ton of respect for them as an opponent. They're a great team, uh, great offense, great defense, and uh, just really looking forward to the challenge of going up there and competing. What would it mean uh, to you personally and to your family and it, the USF, you know, the whole South Florida, um, if you get a victory at Notre Dame Stadium this this week? You know, I think I think it's been so long, um, you know, since it's, since everything had happened. But uh, for me, more than anything, um, I love our players here at, at USF, and I, I want them uh, to succeed more than anything. So uh, get, getting a win there would just just make me extremely happy for our players. Because uh, I know all the work that they put in, uh, especially in this year with with Corona and everything going on, and all the yeah. challenges that that we've had to overcome uh, to even get to play in this game, uh, it's such a great opportunity. Charlie, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, have fun and and best of luck this weekend. Really appreciate it, guys, and thank you for everything. Uh, appreciate both of you. Thanks so much, Charlie. Great to talk to you. Charlie Weiss Jr., the offense coordinator of South Florida, our Focus on Faith guest, and uh, I, I came away even more impressed after being able to have the opportunity to chat with him, Kevin. Yeah, it's neat to see him uh, all grown up. It'll be fun to watch this game today and then his career in the future, too. Yeah, the career in the future might be brighter than this game today for him because he's got an uphill battle. And speaking of that, we'll break down the matchup a little bit more between Notre Dame and USA, our game day sprint, what to watch for, our keys to the game and predictions, all that when Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays returns on Redeemer Radio. Looking for details on Redeemer Radio's fall share Well, our usual in-studio celebration had to change due to COVID. So we're going virtual. Tune in for All In on Wednesday, September 23rd. Enjoy on-air programming that showcases the best of the best, plus a live video event with games and surprise appearances by some of your favorite priests and Catholic leaders. Are you all in? For details, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash all in.
Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has become the bank of choice for a great many Catholic parishes and schools in our listening area. This fall, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union will once again provide hundreds of thousands of dollars to support those partners, including another $70,000 for the Marion Knights. Does your bank do that? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you already share values. Why not share in our benefits? And we're getting into a two-minute drill for our game day sprint here at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Number seven, Notre Dame, 1-0 versus South Florida, 1-0. Second all-time meeting, USC, USF won the only other meeting back in 2011. We talked about that one earlier. USF beat the Citadel in the season opener 27-6. They were 4-8 and eight last year. They got a new coach in Jeff Scott, who was the offense coordinator at Clemson. His new OC is Charlie Weiss Jr. His new DC is Glenn Spencer both from Florida Atlantic. They got more than 15 transfers. Brian Kelly's got his hands full, uh, Kevin, trying to figure out what to expect from USF today with all that change. Yeah, a lot of unknown, but they will have speed. Yes, they will have that. Here's what Brian Kelly had to say about the USF offense. All their production was really from the quarterback and running back position. Really good backs. The quarterback obviously uh, didn't throw it that much, but could certainly run it. So, you know, athleticism, you know, at the quarterback position, they were out three really good offensive linemen. If those guys play, they got three veteran linemen, big physical guys up front. All right. And then let's let's now hear from Brian Kelly on USF's defense. Outstanding linebacking core, uh, both inside backers, uh, physical can run uh, veteran players uh, uh, that uh you know, I think if you talk about the strengths of their defense, uh, inside backers uh, and safety play um, right down the middle. Um, corners are, are, are solid players. Remember, they've got a lot of transfers, uh, I think almost 16 of them. Um, and, you know, I think from a defensive line uh, standpoint, um, moving in and out of guys right now, um, it's hard to get a great uh, sense of, of who's playing because of, again, playing the triple option. But you can see guys that have great athletic ability that can run and hit. So, yeah, Kevin, not easy to figure out who you're facing when they played the triple option last week, and then it's a whole new defensive scheme and 15 transfers. Yeah, new coach, and yeah, you don't know. We're going to have to get out there and Bra- see. <laughs> Brian Kelly's facial expression when he was asked these questions was the best part. He's like, ah. Yeah, I don't know. We looked at film on just about everybody. All right, uh, we're we're pretty much out of time. So what's your what's your prediction for this game? I think Notre Dame's going to win thirty five to uh, fourteen. But man, I think it's going to be a good game. Oh, we're pretty much uh, in lockstep on this one. Notre Dame. I got Notre Dame thirty eight, USF thirteen. Uh, obviously, last week was a a lot cl- closer than we anticipated. We'll see if. Maybe USF's got some trickery in their bag to to keep things close early on, but Notre Dame should, if if they don't prevail easily in this one, that's that's definitely a big problem. That'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Ilya Glasman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Duke will kick off at 2.30 p.m. today. A reminder that the game will be played on the USA Network. And we will, of course, be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our pregame the same way the Irish traditionally close their pregame in prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, 
that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.